1: It's Jim Kramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action.
2: Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Kramer. We are live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl, continuing to have that, uh, what we hope is a very nice vacation. Let's give you a look at uh, futures. We open 29 minutes from now, and you can see yet another strong open, at least indicated by what you're looking at on the screen. And that is where our roadmap begins this morning. Stocks are surging on what is another encouraging inflation report, It's PPI this time, and it falls by half of 1%. Well, speaking of surging, shares at Disney, I'm sure you've seen them, they are up in the pre-market quite significantly. This after the company announced earnings that were better than the top and bottom lines that at least had been anticipated by the analysts who follow it. The company also announcing a new pricing structure for Disney Plus and record numbers of attendance at its parks. Actually, well, not at 2019 levels, record number of spend, let's call it. Shares of GSK, Sanofi, and Helion are sinking. The company's losing a combined 40 billion in market value since Tuesday. This has concerns mount over litigation around Zantac. Uh, Not something, Jim, we had focused on previously, but we're going to talk a bit about that, given the significant sell-off in all those stocks. Let's start, though, with the markets looking to extend yesterday's rally. This in reaction to the new wholesale inflation data, the producer price index for July fell, and it was an unexpected fall of 0.5%. It did mark the first month-to-month decline in more than two years. The index is now up 9.8%. Year on year, but down from the previous month. Very similar to what we were talking about yesterday with CPI, which was not up, although not down, it was flat month to month. What does it say to you?
1: Well, look, I, I think that one set of numbers does not necessarily a trend make. I do think that what it does is take off the table what some people might have thought was a, a surprise August meeting, given how much the uh, the federal government's pumping into the system. I think it takes that August meeting off. I know there has to be another uh, number that would really, I say, verify this number. A lot of this number, by the way, is is that follow through about what happened with gasoline. But I think that what you're going to see is almost every commodity has fallen. When you read all the chemical notes, steel notes, uh, paperboard, anything, everything's coming down in price. So I do think that this is the beginning. Uh, I know that that was, as I told you, somewhat controversial. I went up with you and you said I you were you challenged me correctly I look things are are better than we thought but they have to be better than we thought longer or else the Fed right. has to keep raising
2: right although it was perhaps the jaw boning itself and the risk of or perception of inflation you got a little stain on the tie shoot you know, on the this is part. no 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 way up you can't see it it's this under your chin you, tie. no you know what it is it's your makeup from your chin getting on the tie. I do my own makeup we'll change it during the break
1: thank you um, for bringing up something as pertinent
2: yeah, but what I, uh, you know, the, what we were talking about though, Jim, is that the jawboning itself seemed to get people to con- be concerned about recession and then, therefore, potentially a pullback. We saw that decline in commodities start months ago. Uh,
1: yes, it's true. Uh, a lot of these did peak well before this. What I think is encouraging here is the fear factor does diminish. I mean, I think a lot of us felt we were head-on with maybe even look a week ago i said oh no they're, they're doing um the ira not your ira and not your 401k but the ira and that the and and jay paladis he threw it and do 75 right to say shot across the bow congress stop printing money but this gives him leeway yeah and that and any leeway makes it less likely that there's a, a
2: crash landing you know jim when it comes to you know being through earnings season and all the commentary that we were so perhaps concerned about mixed picture to a good picture. I mean, yes. I can't remember that many commentaries. There have been, there have been. Certainly the chips, certainly in certain areas, but not a lot of commentaries that week. And of course, we're gonna talk about Disney in Isn't a minute. Isn't that something?
1: Uh, and yet, uh, I know that we joke sometimes about you being a chartist, and not that's not your forte. No. Or fort, depending upon whether you wanna pronounce it right or wrong. Correct. On the one hand or the other. Yes. Um, um, what I, what I do potato. know. <laughs> Well, what I do know is when I when I look at these numbers you can make a case that the Fed should just go away for a while and uh, you
2: don't expect that you no, like no they 50 have to the next no week. they
1: have to do it yeah. but I'm saying that you can easily make a case that we can that this trend may accelerate that's yeah. what I said last night on man money which is that this is the first bad you know let's say it's the first soft number but first bad number for the economy. And it just doesn't flip back on a dime. A lot of the home builder stocks got bought yes. because their stocks had to go back to being a chartist. This kind of curve. A lot of stocks have the curve, the Allbirds curve, if you want to call it that, or the Dutch Bros call. We're going to talk about the Dutch. Well, you're Dutch kidding
2: because there's no curve there at all.
1: No, no down. Now they bought them, <clears throat> and now they're going back. So are the West, they? Yes.
2: So I mean, I have is, seen the moves in Coinbase and Coinbase Upstart. Those are short squeeze. Those are, squeeze. are hedge funds short squeeze. that you know that took their low net, their nets way down, and you know this, of course, requiring them to actually find a lot of shorts potentially, that, unless they want to just take their gross down big. And now they're getting crushed again. Look at they that are move in Coinbase. Crushed. Those were terrible earnings. Absolutely. Upstart was no. no I, I, was I nothing short of no, up,
1: upstart this morning. Atlantic. I I, I don't know if people get it, but you have to read it because they said that that the company were nagged on the promise not to use this balance sheet to when right. when and yet, when they came on their money. The I moves. said... They, look at the moves. They were nagged. I said that and they were very. Their feelings how, were You know, hurt. Jim.
2: How many of these? And I know a number their of them, these large money managers. Many of them hedge fund managers. Who are are once again on the wrong side of this? Yeah, amazing. Who believed that we were going to have another leg down, which we very well may, because they may end up being correct. But how many of them are starting to say, "Okay, I got to give up my negative position here"? If their
1: gigantic move yesterday, that really where they probably lost a lot of money. I think they're very vulnerable. They're vulnerable to the Russell two thousand coming back. They're vulnerable to the idea that all the rent the runways and the stitch fixes and the real reels are fake, fake, and not being stitched or being fixed, and uh, well, all I could say <laughs> is you can go rent the runway all you want.
2: Sold. All right, uh, something that's not being sold this morning is I Disney. I once got
1: a runway at Air and In fact, it's being I, I, bought. I think I'd rather but, wear Air and Wrench than rent the runway. Uh, I'm sorry, okay. go ahead.
2: I don't even know what that means,
1: Man, but I will for move on
2: to Disney because, again, as I said, the shares are up sharply this after the company did beat for uh, its third quarter in terms of what analysts had estimated. It had record revenue at theme parks. Uh, Disney Plus also added more subscribers than had been anticipated. The company did also announce a new pricing model for streaming. That does include a price hike. And as well, ad-free Disney Plus also. Uh, and you're going to move that up to $10.99 overall uh, for the non-ad supported. Ad supported set to launch in December at 7 dollars a month. Here is what Disney CEO Bob Chapek said about the price increase on in the company's earnings call.
3: I think it was easy to say that we're probably the best value in streaming. And since that initial launch, we've continued to invest handsomely in our content, as you know. We believe, because of that an increase in the investment over the past two and a half years, relative to a very good uh, uh, price point, that we have plenty of room on price value. And we do not believe that there's gonna be any meaningful long-term impact on our churn as a result
2: Yeah, that was a key question. You know, I can remember being in the room when they announced the uh, direct-to-consumer business. I remember I interviewed Iger after that, and I remember when they came out with their initial price, truly people went, whoa, because it was so low, so so unexpectedly low. low and now they're moving it up and they're confident that they were just under market and then they're moving up a bit and they won't lose people jim you think no, that's going to be true
1: yeah a bundle represents a, a good value uh, right, right the, the
2: overall f- bundle of hulu ESPN. Bun- right they're
1: not marketing correctly i mean they should be spending much more time talking about espn plus and gambling because gambling is very serious in this country and companies like disney have been reluctant to embrace uh, gambling but they should uh, i think that this was the call where you're going to begin to get another dynamic Tell me. uh, You're going to start talking about the lifetime value of Disney customer. I want to contrast Six Flags, which was extremely disappointing. So uh,
2: I knew you'd mention it as well. Six Flags was down 22% in attendance, but it's very different, clearly, than the Disney customer. I think
1: what we have to start thinking is the Disney customer is an experiential customer. Going to something that is not easily, you don't cancel going because... Uh, you don't also because because gasoline goes up or down. It's just it's a it's a value. You've got people who go back and back. It's like a Disney three hundred and sixty. If you wanted to be able to calculate what a Disney customer's worth, given their return value, that would be a much better indicator. Yep. Than whether we constantly play the game of Disney Plus or previously we played the game of ESPN. Now, when I suggest that to them, I think that they take it very much to heart, and it is the new narrative, right. especially because Bob Chapek understands theme parks. Now, of course, the undercurrent, which is just never talked about, Tell me. was the what other than you, frankly, yes. was the ridiculous overpay for Fox, and that they're almost putting that behind. No, you were the one who first pointed this out to me. 71 billion sold to you you told you told me that let's not forget who i told no, me. i it.
2: did it was i did tell you that uh and in retrospect it looks like even more of a, of a yes. very large i mean rupert murdoch man you just you don't want to be on the other side Whoa. of that guy typically yeah Boy, um, he's really interesting but that said you know it's seven years ago since that famous august when we sat here talking about ESPN sub-losses. Right. And uh, Bob yeah. Iger on the call then had to defend himself, and then against us as we discussed what's going on with your business. Well, right. And, by the way, that continues. They are going oh, oh, away. No, that's I why mean, they have to... This whole, seven have years to ago, on. all there was was Netflix, more or less, when it came to direct-to-consumer, so maybe Amazon. But think about what's happened in the last seven years. Nonetheless, it, it has only accelerated that cord-cutting that we've talked about right. so often. And it is still... A cash machine for so many of these companies. Yeah, it is. Obviously, I mean, very it important just, for Warner Brothers Discovery. Jason right.
1: Robins for today. I mean, that's how you make. You have to monetize. You have to monetize their fantasy um, of uh, fantasy and By the way, they See, did. NBC needs to
2: monetize. You look it. at the overall numbers $221 million When you add it all up, that's actually larger than Netflix when you when you take right. number to number with all of their different properties. Obviously, Comcast, our parent company, owns a part of Hulu as well. Um, but, that, but they did I mean, lower the overall okay, so long term. September twenty-four is they,
1: the option, right? Yes, September so,
2: twenty-four. Though they did lower their overall. Sub-guidance, right? right? They so we're not going to have as many as we previously thought. If you look at Disney's
1: balance sheet, it has to be rebuilt before they buy the rest of this, okay?
2: Of uh, uh, Hulu. Yes. Well, it's 24. Where there's an well, option. I mean, their right? balance sheet's not good. The actual cash has to build. But by the way, you're spending eight. You're losing eight billion on on streaming. But, but Chris McCarthy not did that.
1: indicate that that could run its course.
2: Well, expected it to. They also say the run rate will roughly be in the low 30 billion range on content. That's across the board. Right. That's movies. That's ESPN sports rights. That's everything. Okay.
1: Why? Low 30 all right. Billion. Let me ask you And, the and the fact obviously, that you're includes like how much they're partner, spending on streaming. Why stream. are you dealing only talking about? the cash outlay that they have to make in order to buy Hulu and how substantial it is because that's the make or break, obviously. Well,
2: that's going to be an interesting negotiation at some point because it may well be that our parent company would rather own Hulu entirely as well. No, but now, they now, don't but that, have an option There's nothing to do going so. on. In parent terms company the, does not have an option No, but to do you so. never know how a negotiation is right. going to go. I doubt right. very much. Disney yeah. has any interest in parting with it. They well, want to buy think, what they don't I think already it, own.
1: Theme parks continue to be strong, and Shanghai comes on. Remember, Shanghai was just the last few days. Shanghai's very good. I think that that will be taken off the table. Yeah. Uh, but the cash, we just don't spend enough time talking okay. about how they wrecked the darn balance sheet for one of America's greatest companies. Uh, they. And by the way, COVID
2: didn't help either.
1: No, COVID I mean, was distinct. you remember the discussion, the pathetic discussion where Bob Chapek had said, talked about when will masks come off? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the granularity of the mask issue. I mean, it's, fell it's not as though. But,
2: but that it, said, I want to make it's a good
1: quarter, David. Let's it, just talk it about a good
2: quarter. And by the way, on the call, they did not really speak to any weakness in advertising. Currently.
1: Right. Although they, the analysts baited them over and over they again. They did. And but, Mr. Nathanson did it again
2: today. And he's going to be on with us later, Michael Nathanson. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. But right. Scatter's still pretty good. Uh, then you know they say obviously they lar- They have larger advertisers who perhaps are less likely thus far to cut back significantly well, can you on their budgets that with
1: uh, Warner Brothers Discovery in terms of how people are very worried that advertising.
2: Yes, Not and and it's just overall, given right. how they pulled in on their EBITDA estimates for this yeah. year and for next year. All right, year now let Warner me Brothers riddle you Discovery. something. And I By know, the way, that move up, though, remember, that was the episode. Yeah, that move. Yeah. That's more, yeah. That was just... Now, I do want to know something, uh, Something David. else. Wait, one quick point on this. Uh, is it my neck again with the shirt? No, you shirt? look beautiful. at t shareholders do own 70-plus percent, got 70-plus percent of Warner Brothers Discovery shares. Right. They've done nothing but go down since. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, okay. If you
1: have an asset like a theme park, and it's just sold through, and you, know, you can't get in... You're trying to figure out once you get people in is when they spend all, all this merchandise. What do you do to alleviate the fact that they don't have enough theme park space? I don't know. What do you do? You, I would think that you can go buy Six Flags. Why would you want to do that? Because it takes a lot of land to have a theme park. And then you completely repurpose that? Well, I, I know some that. some of the
2: rides? What, what, what? I
1: am trying to solve problems here. I'm a problem solver. If I were in the room, I'd say, listen, we either build land. Buy land that, remember, I identified 300,000 acres in New Mexico that I'm getting an option on. Do not, the fastest growing corridor in this country is the uh, know. Austin, Austin. I don't understand that why, in addition to so many to other Denver. things that
2: you do, you feel like you have a need to somehow solve the problems of these companies and offer them these solutions. Well, I certainly can't solve Ukraine. Why is Ukraine. that something
1: you do? Why do I do that? You sure. Yeah. Because I'm completely yeah. aberrant and obviously... Uh, very much off the spectrum and stayed up till 1130 thinking about this new
2: plan I, you know trade. it's like it's all right facebook i'm going to help you figure it out and now you're on to disney have they asked for your help have they asked for my help <laughs> yeah i'm not
1: this, at liberty to you say just do this on a volunteer basis i'm not at liberty to say uh, although they <laughs> seem to like the lifetime value thing <laughs> I, why not Hey, not come a bad on. Idea. I worked on that with Tim Cook. I mean, remember, the repeat value of a customer is extraordinary. Yes. And that's because it's not one time only. The Six Flags is just because you need the land. And that is remember, why. because for- the amount of land that Walt is that Walt got together in Florida. Yes. I remember being a reporter uh, when Disney, they had, they were doing their some sort of anniversary. They do that anniversary every year. Don't know how that's done. And I was told to go find out how much. This was at the Tallahassee Democrat, one of the esteemed places that I worked at. Yes. It's still in business, frankly. And what was amazing was I couldn't even find out how much land they had but they seemed to have more land than Orlando.
2: (laughs) They may very well have. They did. That was when the yeah, thing was so was, small. I mean, I remember going there in '73. There wasn't a lot there other than Disney. No, Bros. there wasn't. And Basically, you stayed at that, creator, that Monorail Orlando, Hotel that's uh, now the, one the, the star. Con- con- that was the, four con- star. The con- the con- what was it called, though?
1: Oh, now they're going to say we don't remember that cosmopolitan cosmos- place. I love that place.
2: It's still you? there with the Monorail yeah, run, but it's it. now that
1: we oh, stayed at the Floridian. I remember and the awe I, that I and had. And they had a sketch artist who drew a picture of my daughter. And Karen Kramer said, "We're not taking this home.
2: It's so hideous." And we left it in the room. All right. Um, think about that for a little while. Still to come, we uh, will speak with the CEO of Devon Energy. That stock, yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Well, that's because it's now we're talking.
1: <laughs> no, what they didn't buy Fox. <laughs> well, we paid Fox with 70 billion. Well, uh, 70 man. billion 70 right. billion here, in here, there. Let's look, it it look at uh, where we look at, write at, write at, that futures. Down. Of
2: course, we open uh, about 12 minutes from now. We'll be back right after this.
0: Every day.
2: welcome back we get started with trading seven minutes from now again if you're just joining us looks like we're gonna have another up open given uh, those relatively mild inflation numbers we got in terms of PPI let's get to a mad dash now Uh, Dutch Bros
1: yes now I I mean you could say well what are you doing talking about such a small company but it's actually going nationwide but really matters this is apropos of what we're talking about easily shorted stocks right here they come out and they say listen even though they had been in business for a long time, we put up some disappointing numbers. And it just shocked people. So you had this drop. So then it starts climbing back. And the reason it climbed back uh, is because the cadence of their same-store sales went from being minus this, minus that, to being almost flat. Now, this is what really matters. And it took my breath away. At a point in the conference call, the CEO says that where gasoline went up in price if you have a customer base of people who make $40,000 or lower, they saw up to 45% declines in California when gasoline went up. Wow. So that is very telling for the rest of the country. It's the first people who actually just point blank nailed it. If you, the the, the uh, people who are not doing well in this country were indeed, Usually affected by the price of gasoline. It's important to remember that because we're blessed, we we're blessed with uh, with a lot of money. The areas that they have stores in California and in Oregon are not necessarily well off areas. And the 45 percent drop off because of gasoline largely just shows you people make a choice just let's between not filling the up their this car and, yeah. and filling up with uh, with right. some
2: Joe. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I have, their product is great. They're mostly 75 percent cold brew. Uh, and and I, I just, my daughter and I, it was like a place. So of gas bonding. prices down,
2: Dutch Bros
1: up. Yeah, and I, I guess think, I think that remember this is, this is what matters. Okay, we just don't talk about these people enough. And I know President Biden's doing good. Yeah, these are does. people who made make forty thousand dollars. They were crushed by gasoline. So let's not forget that there are a considerable number of people who are struggling, and what they did was they cut out their expensive whole brew
2: coffee. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. Just very, very interesting data point. All right. Uh, By the way, we got an opening bell now less than five minutes away. Remember, if you for some reason forgot, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Please listen to Follow Us, the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast.
0: What's on the horizon for financial markets?
2: All right, uh, we got an opening bell a few minutes away. You know, um, we have an old tradition, you and me, we don't do it that often. It comes from the old Squawk Box days where I used to ask you what the key to this market is. So we got about a minute before we get started with trading. Anything that uh, sort of- Well, you know,
1: oftentimes I'd like to give you a little bit of a wacky key. Tell me. Um, All right, so I was going through my Ollie's Army discount that I get as a member of Ollie's Army, many of us are. And in it, I noticed For the first time, a definitive list of products on the Ollie's Army discount, Hidden Valley Ranch, Fresh Step, Scent Booster, Foaming Glass Cleaner. You know what those are? No. What? They are prominent Clorox products. So this is the inventory overhang I've been talking about. When it gets to Ollie's Army, that is the beginning of when your margins get slashed.
2: Interesting. Well, what's the takeaway for the market? Anything?
1: The the, the takeaway is that consumer products are about to get lost. Oh, really? Because the customer's not willing to pay full price. They want to trade down.
2: Those are all fungible products. Not bad, though, for CPI again. Mm -hmm. Yes! You mean it's... There you go. Well, you are good. That's why I love you as my partner. I'm here. I'm here every day. The opening bell. A lot of cheering this morning. Here's the big board: the Jackie Robinson Foundation. celebration of the Jackie Robinson Museum, right here in New York City at uh, One Hudson Square. Mm-hmm. Low-carbon, renewable, natural gas producer Opal Fuels did the honors. Over.
1: I've got the NASDAQ. darling one tonight—a rendering company that does that makes diesel fuel out of animal waste. Um, my wife was on the board of the Brooklyn Historical Society and it turned out that they had an original 42 Jackie Robinson just buried it was you know in like some drawer yeah uh, and it, it's a tragedy that that wasn't the most important thing in Brooklyn as your your folks would tell you
2: I know believe me big Brooklyn Dodger fans actually I had a ball with his uh, signature all of them from did you? that team and I wrote over it of course because I was like oh, six yeah. years old and I
1: I kept my uh, I kept my mom did not throw away my trading cards. So this is my last day. I
2: can't find mine. This is my
1: last day. I can't find mine. I have signed Ted Williams and signed Willie Mays, and well, they're you have them still? No, my mom threw out. I everything. know it's. I she, you I know what think she did? We she threw out my cards, but she kept my bottle cap collection.
2: <laughs> uh, all right, let's. <laughs> bottle caps have not gone up as much in value. No. Sorry to say, Jim. No. Um, all right, I want to talk about a story we mentioned at the very top of the show uh, that is having an impact on a company we have talked about a lot. That's uh, uh, GlaxoSmithKline, also yeah. Sanofi, and then Haleon, this consumer spin-off. Did we just rang the bell? Remember they Just ring the bell? rang the bell recently. The CEO decided for some reason to go on at 6 in the morning instead of joining us here, but that's a story from the story for another day. Um, look at what's happened there because of the worries about Zantac. Now, remember Zantac? The... You know, basically, uh, heartburn medication heartburn, was yeah. over the counter for quite some time, withdrawn from the market in 2019 uh, because of potential uh, carcinogenic effects. Right. Um, there have been 2,000 cases filed in the U.S. The first trial, trial begins on the 22nd of August. That's why you're starting to see yes. this focus and the resultant decline in shares of both Glaxo and Sanofi. But the Halion weakness is a bit harder to define. Perhaps there's a belief there's some liability. My understanding yeah, I think of and course this is based on one. Even. This is based on one analyst Not note. Though. Is they could be required to indemnify um, uh, Glaxo and Pfizer in relation to possible liabilities connected with over-the-counter Zantac. But I got an analyst here who thinks post-spin, this is a very strong competitor, and this beatdown for Halion is unwarranted.
1: Well, I have to tell you, having just uh, lived through all the opiate, where everybody got off by writing checks.
2: Well, Walgreens recently in San Francisco was found guilty. They're appealing it. Well, uh, I just see. You know,
1: know, look, this is one of those things we never know how to, we in our business never really know how to judge what a judge would do. I always like to regard it as 50-50. Yes. And... uh, Deutsche Bank's been uh, pounding the table on this one. Look, I think as we get toward the August 22nd date, these stocks are all going to be under pressure. Uh, and it's not like that they have, they're not like Pfizer where they, they have something else going. But I, I do think that it will be overdone. Halion, hey geez, Halion is a first class disaster. Um, uh, I, I just think that what's happened with these, David, is, is that people get very concerned and have always been concerned that some renegade judge is just going to say, you know what? Um, these companies are trusts right this is the old American home products if you remember that was where they basically took it and said all right it belongs to the people you hurt and uh, that has been very rare and it's been not the model that people have chosen since uh, because it put a company out of business but your home point company. is
2: a good one I mean I can think of J and J and the talc issue we can go down and yet yet uh, obviously when you when you think about the Monsanto acquisition and the liabilities there right. for roundup I mean It varies greatly, and sometimes the liabilities are enormous, and other times not. 3M, we're still talking about the combat combat arms, arms, but what they're doing is
1: they put, I know, uh, you know, made a trust of it. J and J did a trust of it. Now I think they will lose in lower court, but I think when you look, yeah, I think when you look up the makeup of the Supreme Court, if they can go all the way, I think the Supreme Court wants wants to take the tort bar and make it into a lesser entity. I'm being very polite. They should take both, if I were J&J and 3M, I'd say, listen, let's go to the Supreme Court. With this stacked Supreme Court, we're going to win, and these trusts are going to win. So it raises the value of a drug company, that Supreme Court, not lowers. Right. It's going to the Supremes.
2: Holland, your Holland, maybe you just want to die. Well, that's a bit of a story for a, another no, But I'm saying well. it's going
1: to go, because you can't put a billion dollars in and expect that the combat arms is going to be covered by that, because two soldiers were more than 200 million. I'm very close to the case. I know you are. I my know you've doctor. been following it Well, closely. one of my We're doctors about was 3M the, now. And by, and by the, the way, defense, we didn't, I wasn't I mean, here
2: the when they made all those moves recently in terms well, of segregating I know, trying
1: to segregate. But, but my that, doctor's or. been a key witness. One of my 40,000 doctors was in a key witness uh, for the plaintiffs. And he believes that tendinitis is an unsolvable illness. Yeah. And it's going to lead to perhaps a, a grave mental and physical. And so you know I'm totally devoted to this concept of tinnitus and defeating
2: it. I um, should point out that the drug stocks overall are weaker this morning, but well. that's more a function of the market moves. I mean, as we said, Glaxo stands out in part because of the concern about this upcoming litigation right. or trial. Uh, but Merck is down, Pfizer's down, j down. Yeah, I mean, that's down. raw.
1: I mean, j j has small exposure, but exposure is exposure. This may be a good chance to, to get in some Pfizer. I thought Dr. Bortle is taking the money that they're getting correctly from uh, COVID and buying new drug companies
2: and ha- developing a pipeline. Yeah, Pfizer the most has superior- been using the, the, the surplus, so to yes. speak, of revenue from the COVID vaccine, not to mention Paxlovid. Uh, Global Blood was the lead, latest deal, right. that was Monday, that was we didn't actually talk drug about it. Drug. $5 billion, they have a, a yeah, treatment pes- for, him, uh, for yeah. Biohaven, yeah, I'm sorry, sickle cell anemia.
1: Biohaven's NeurTech drug is almost regarded as being a one, well, I don't want to call it a one a day, but if you think you're going to have a migraine because the weather, or you have migraine, it will get rid of your migraine, mine, mine help in a half, Biohaven, but yeah. mine in a half hour, it, it will get rid of the migraine. People don't know about it yet. Uh, The CEO sold it to Pfizer in part because he felt that the word wasn't going to get out. Pfizer's deeply committed to making it the drug that I think it could be, which is a a $15 billion drug. Right. Biohaven is going to be owned by Pfizer. Right. Worldwide. Pfizer's got the sales force to sell that drug. No one even knew about it. Obviously,
2: this year has not been. Last year was a great year for that stock. Uh, And finally sort of pushed it above its 20-year. You know, for 20 years, that stock had done nothing. David, candidly— can, Play, who was or their paid CEO? plenty what of money. It, who
1: were, what kind of CEO ran
2: their company? I don't know, what kind of CEO, financial guys. Financial, yeah. Now you take a look- Hank walk. McKinnell a financial guy? Like, Remember
1: him? I don't him? Know.
2: Remember, either, I just don't Ian Reed.
1: I'm talking about Dr. Borla is a scientist and an amazing man. Yeah. Uh, would, I would normally say intimidating if you weren't such a kind man, but uh, what a great CEO for this time. Just a great CEO. Right. He's really good. That's why I think Pfizer might be an opportunity. My Chapel Trust owns J&J and I would not be the least worried about J&J and this litigation, but people are obviously the most worried and I think that's just foolhardy. Great balance sheet, knows what they're doing, splitting into two companies, uh, device, uh, pharma, and uh, over-the-counter. So I would say once this subsides, you buy Johnson
2: Johnson first. But um, it's going to be, you know, analysts are all going to concentrate We are in the midst of another rally, not nearly as significant as the one we had yesterday, of course, after that CPI number. Nonetheless, if you're just joining us, PPI down half of a percent. So month over month, a decline uh, in producer prices. You can see that is having a, a positive impact, broadly speaking, on stocks which were up sharply yesterday. Disney, as we've been saying, is a sort of the standout performer this morning after earnings. Bob Chapek, who's going to be a guest here on CNBC, going to join Julia That's That's uh, in great. the 11 o'clock Eastern hour on Tech Check, um, did also say some things during the uh, conference call, uh, not just about direct-to-consumer, but also, of course, about the theme parks and their business there. Take a listen
3: onlookers look at our park business and try to sum up our success recently and say that it has something to do with pent up demand and certainly there is pent up demand. But what we're seeing is far more resilient, far more long lasting in terms of a uh, uh, increase in the affinity for our parks, both from uh, the willingness to come to our parks and, uh, uh, and its attendance, but also in terms of what guests are willing to spend when they get there in order to personalize their experience.
1: What do you Uh, think? That's the clip that I wanted to run from the very beginning uh, because I'm working on the theme park now. Uh, Because what really bothered me about this, uh, some of the analysts, including some that we're friendly with, they're still still sticking with the narrative what really matters is whether plus is uh, $11, plus is $9, missing the big picture. And the big picture is the iconic uh, library, and the desire for people to continue to go back when most people do one and done. Like, I saw the Eiffel Tower, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I had meal up there and that Jules Verne thing was oh, miserable. You did,
2: you did have a meal? It was miserable. Yeah, was my smart.
1: wife has vertigo, she turned around. That was a real highlight of the trip.
2: And what and does your visit to the Eiffel Tower have to do with
1: Disney? One and done, my friend, but I've been to Disney, oh. I've been to Walt Disney 15 times and I've been to Walt Disney, uh, the original, at once, you know, where um, Khrushchev wanted to go. And I find that you can just keep going back and back. And, you you know, if I am I use the Eiffel Tower someplace that people say, wow, I did the Pyramids of Egypt. What? No, let me tell you, you can skip that, partner. What? There were two guys who shook me down for a fortune to be able to show me a tour. And then as soon as I gave them the money, they ran away. you
2: sure you were in the right place? Well, I don't know. I want to go to Luxor. You know, the the Pyramids of Egypt are in Egypt. No. you know and they're not in
4: Canarsie.
2: Uh, oh, You ran into that guy.
1: Damn, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, um, no, but I'm just I, saying. Way, I'm part, iconic I, I never get
2: tired of looking at the Eiffel well, Tower. No, but iconic, I understand you. No, I'm saying that that you can
1: go. I'm Berlin Wall down. I went to see that. I'm talking about the iconic place. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. Of course. I mean, like the David's. Remember the David? Yes, I've seen the. You could have been the David.
2: I, well, I would have liked to have. You been. You could have been wish. something. Yeah, I looked like that up I mean, Okay. Bump, hey, you know what? We got a treat here. Tell Bob, me,
1: what do we got? We have one of my absolute favorite stocks. Oh, my God, Rick Moncrief. And in, in, in my charitable trust, Rick for the man who merged WPX with Devin, and became the CEO of Devin. Uh, the stock is up uh, over 290% since the beginning of 2021. I'm calling that optimal performance. <laughs> uh, well, I'm so excited to have him. This is uh, CEO and president of Devin, Rick Moncrief. Hey, Rick, I'm so glad you're on the show. Great to see you.
4: Hey, good seeing you, Jim. How are you today?
1: Well, I'm good. You know why? Because my charitable trust owns a stock called Devon, and it bought a company for $1.8 billion in cash that was brilliant, uh, Validus. And I think you should talk about that and also how great the quarter was, because people don't understand that you're remaking this company rapidly.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're uh, very pleased with the Validus transaction, Jim. We basically uh, bought, bought the company for two times cash flow. Very accretive uh, transaction for us. It's a great fit. The uh, industrial logic, as we like to say, it's uh, it's adjacent acreage. It's an area that we have some some expertise in, and um, you know we think that uh, those synergies uh, at the asset level uh, will help uh, drive our unit costs down. And uh, so you know it's a checks a lot of boxes for. We took cash off the, the balance sheet. We were setting on and redeployed that into a very accretive transaction. That's going to be a Uh, uh, very meaningful, I believe,
1: shareholders. Yeah, people didn't understand how good that was. There was a day that I think that oil was down 58 cents and decided you didn't know what you were doing, which is just so ridiculous. You have an incredible dividend uh, philosophy that is being uh, mimicked by others. But I want people at home to know how much cash you're throwing off, and rather than willy-nilly drilling in places that don't have a lot of oil, you're returning the capital. How much are you returning right now, and what does it mean in terms of the overall yield?
4: Yeah, so what we're doing, uh, Jim, just fundamentally is we pay a base dividend. That's our first call on the cash flow that we're generating. And then the second thing is a pledge we made uh, about 18 months ago, when we announced uh, the the merger, actually it's uh, coming up probably 20 months ago when we made the announcement of the merger, and that was that we would return uh, up to 50% of the remaining uh, free cash flow, that's your operating cash flow less your capital spending. Uh, we would return that on a quarterly basis to uh, to shareholders, and so uh, you know m- most recently we announced uh, a record fixed plus variable dividend of a uh, dollar. 55 a share so if you look at the you do the math on that you know you're up in that nine percent yield 10 percent yield uh range uh where the equities trading now the the intent is for uh, that yield hopefully we'll see uh continued uh share price escalation so that yield will uh potentially come down uh, you know that's that's the plan been very very well received uh, we have seen most of our other industry competitors adopt the same type of philosophy. They may have their own, uh, you know, their own approach to it, but uh, very similar in returning uh, cash uh, back to shareholders. On top of that, Jim, as you know, we are uh, we've got a uh, uh, an active share repurchase program. We've got uh, uh, yeah. board insurance up to two billion dollars, so we're we're well on the way of of that, but. But the yield, uh, certainly, very, very, uh, very, very attractive. Absolutely, uh,
2: Rick. It's uh, it's David Faber. You know, um, this um, instinct towards returning capital to your shareholders is that because you think it's what they want, or is it really your instinct to do that? Or would you rather spend more money in in trying to figure out ways to get more production?
4: Well, I think here's here's reality, David. That's a great question, and 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 uh, from our perspective, you have to. Uh, playback the last decade, it was a decade where I believe industry spent over 100% of the operating cash flow, uh, we were being rewarded for growth at that time, and and I think the good news is American consumers, uh, royalty owners, the U.S. government, uh, really really uh, were the the big beneficiaries of that, and so uh, not so much if you were an investor in those companies. And so now the discipline that we've been uh, applying as an industry I believe it's paying off and so i think it's the right thing to do let's let's reward our long-term shareholders that have invested with us stayed with us through through thick and thin and i believe that it's the right thing to do Uh, as far as growth we are seeing uh and i believe we will be rewarded on a growth on a per share basis that's what we're focused on is per share metrics at the end of the day we want to build a, a stronger stronger equity and so we talked right. about the uh, variable dividend, getting cash back shareholder. We talked about the share repurchase. The other thing that we've done is we proactively uh, have have paid down callable debt, and some really a nice uh, nice metric. So on uh, a debt per share is continued to go down, and that's that's a nice uh, nice thing. Uh, you know, 2021 we paid down 1.2 billion dollars of of debt yeah. uh, that was callable. So so now you, if you start looking at some modest. Uh, some modest organic growth and start looking at your share repurchases, a couple of well-timed uh, acquisitions. When you look at it on a growth per share basis, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty attractive. So I think oh, we're yeah, we're understood. hitting on all silverware, checking a lot of boxes.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, on the commodities themselves, I noted on the call, you said, for us, we're very constructive on the commodity price environment. Can you give us a sense and our viewers a sense as to what that
4: means? Well, sure. I, you know, for, from our perspective, uh, we've seen Uh, crude on the WTI side, it's hung in there in that $90. I know we're up a little bit above that uh, today, but I think you have to step back and look at it. I do do think we're going to continue to see plus or minus uh, 1%, maybe even a little bit more than that, uh, of global oil demand growth this year. And actually, we see that's happening as we continue to see economies like China reopening and others. uh, We'll continue to see that. Uh, that growth, that demand, be, I think, very solid, very constructive. Uh, You have to recall that uh, OPEC is having a a very challenging time meeting their quotas. We heard them, uh, as we talked on the phone, I had a question, I I thought there was a chance that we may see a modest increase uh, coming out of OPEC, and we saw them announce a 100,000 barrel a day increase, very, very modest when you uh, consider, uh, you know, their, their total production. So we think it's it's really solid. You see discipline here in the US. We are we are going to grow here domestically probably plus or minus 800,000 barrels a day from a year ago. So US producers are stepping up and doing that, but it's we still think that the supply and demand balance is quite tight and and uh, probably going to be that way for a while.
1: All right, Rick, one last question. I know that uh, Senator Manchin felt that he was going to be able to get something uh, pro-pipeline, given the fact that we need pipelines. Certainly, would help Europe too. Uh, but it's not going to be in this bill. Do you really think there's any possibility that it can happen?
4: Well, you know, Jim, one thing that we have to really be thoughtful around it. And you know, we've talked before about this subject around infrastructure. And here at Devon, we're very, uh, you know, we're very supportive of in- infrastructure build out, not just pipelines and. Repairing bridges, that sort of thing. But if you think about just electrical infrastructure, uh, as you think down the road, as we see more and more of the energy transition uh, start to play out, it's uh, you know you're going to run into the same bottlenecks. You're going to have the same folks that push back on uh, uh, you know pipelines will also push back on electrical infrastructure. So we as a nation, and I, I applaud what uh, Senator Manchin is trying to do with. Uh, uh, Pipelines like a mountain valley pipeline, others uh, App- Appalachian. We're not, we're not direct beneficiaries of that, but I think that uh, the U.S. will be, and the economy will be. So we're we're supportive, and we just we just hope that uh, we as a, a, uh, a industry, we as a society, government uh, plays a huge role in that. We very pragmatic in building out our infrastructure. We have a lot of work to do.
1: Well, Rick, I want to thank you for coming on. I've known Rick for more than uh, ten years, and really uh innovator in a group that didn't really have a lot of innovation for a very long time rick muncrieff uh who is the president and ceo of devon energy up almost three dollars today thank you rick it's always good to see you
4: good seeing you jim take care you guys have a great day
2: thank you thank you, thank you. um all right before we uh, head to a break let's give you a quick uh, report on the bond market and we'll take a look at how Treasury's referring by the way Uh, You know, that move down in yields has been a good one for even opening up high yield a bit lately. Um, I noticed the banks are starting to market market that Citrix loan to fund that buyout. A a bit sooner than they'd anticipated. Why? Well, you can see why right there. Ten-year, 277. We're back after this. We've talked a lot about Disney, but it is having a positive impact on some stocks, in particular Warner Brothers Discovery, that could really use a good day, couldn't they? And uh, following through on that, why? Well, hard to say. I mean, are they somehow seeing a, Is it more positive for Warner Brothers Discovery that Disney is doing okay? Advertising, perhaps? Uh, hard to say, but you can see the impact so far this morning. We're back after this. All right. I like to look over. I can just look right over at the Mad Money set from where we are and ask you what's going to be um, over there tonight.
1: I'm, I'm possessed by alternative energy, particularly by when you can use any sort of waste. Darling, use it uh, with animal waste. It's terrific. Now, uh, PKI is coming just in a big restructuring. It's now going to be life sciences. It's something I've been asking them to do forever. And they're doing it. And then uh, Mr. Roy, David, letter O, really income. You want monthly income at a 4% rate with a very good balance sheet. Smart. I think everybody who watches us who is, uh, except for like the youngest cohort, should be thinking about owning a company that spins off money every month and sends you a check. It's really good.
2: Okay. Have a good interregnum between now Thank and then. Thank you. The you too. I'm uh, glad we got a lot later. of that
1: stuff about Fox. I mean, Disney out there.
2: Yeah. Well, it was a great quarter. Yes. Yeah. We're going to continue to talk about it. You know, there was it, a Fox
1: it. once in my ha- at my house that got run over. Oh,
2: Foxes are beautiful, animals. $71 billion worth of Fox. When we come back, we will have more reaction. You can see stocks coming off a bit from its highs, but uh, Disney's still up sharply.
1: You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island?